Hey, my friends, welcome to the Trading Success Podcast. My name's Greg Allen, and this is... I'm Kirk Neal. Are you sure? I am sure. Okay, all right, I'm just checking. All right, and today we're talking about how to really play into your strengths within a trading business, uh, whatever position you're playing. Yeah, I think um, this is one of the most critical things that people sort of miss in themselves. They, they start a business and they're looking for that niche. Everyone's looking, oh, where do I go? Is this a good opportunity? Is this where the money is? Is this where the work is? And they're not being authentic or true to who they are. And one of the one of the tips I often guide people with is I go, what is your character strength? Where what is a natural strong suit for you? So what is that? Maybe it's um, communication, for example. Maybe yeah. naturally I'm a great communicator. I'm like, brilliant. So then I want you to look at the market and go, of all the different client types that exist, what client type values communication over everything else yeah I'm like that's your space that way that's where you get instantly recognized and valued for being you yeah you don't have to try and pretend or change the way you deliver your service or what you do and change who you are you're just authentically you and that type of client really responds well to that yeah 100 and i think on an organizational level when we're talking about playing within your strengths, you see a lot of different trade businesses. They've got like residential, commercial, industrial, and they're a sole trader. You know, like, it's like, yes, obviously you wanna be able to attract as much work as possible and you're trying to take everything, but by doing that, you're actually creating a very hard system to build into and hire staff for as well and create that community within your company. I think as well, people are scared of niching. They think if I get too niche, it retracts my market. But there's an old saying in marketing that people think by niching you're halving your clients, but in actual fact you're tripling because you're getting you're becoming the expert, the specialist in that space. Yeah. And therefore you own a greater market share of that space because yeah. you specialize in that. So don't be afraid of finding that niche and going after it. I think it's like a magnifying glass, right? It really focuses in on that one thing. And so what you're actually doing more of that. So you're finding more problems, you're creating more systems around it. And you're hiring the right people that specialize in that skill as well that are going to really play into that, which then solidifies that. Just remembering back when back at Response, we'd have all these different skill sets for different people that were coming into the company. And we had some industrial people, we had some residential people, and we had some commercial people. And then we had to send the commercial people to a residential jobs sometimes. And that actually caused a lot of issues because they're like, I don't know what to do. And you couldn't send the residential people to an industrial site without it being a complete nightmare without the right systems and training. That's right. And it became like, oh, God. it became impossible to manage the schedule or the work pipeline because you were like, that person can't do this and that person can't do that and that person can't, can't do this. But if you're focusing in on one space, you just got to teach your team or train your team how to do your thing extraordinarily yeah. well. Yeah. And how do you get good at something? Like if I, if I go to play the piano, if I do that once a week, am I going to get great at piano? But if I do, if I play the piano every day for eight hours a day, am I going to get great at playing piano? Yeah. Of course I am. It's just that consistency in that space. So if you want to get good at a particular skill, you've got to keep doing that skill over and over and over again. So finding that niche where you can practice and practice and practice, you may not come into that niche as the specialist, but by existing there long enough, you become the expert. Yeah. I think also talking about that, and if we were to bring instruments into play, like you're gonna be, yeah. Yeah, so depending, if you're like playing the piano, you're playing the guitar, you're playing the drums, right? And after a couple of weeks of trying to figure it all out, 
you've got this natural ability for something. One of those instruments, you're just going to be a little bit better for whatever reason. You know, you used to cut vegetables with your fingers and that makes you really good at being a pianist, right? You got really strong fingers. So, you know, you, <laughs> you got to make sure. <laughs> you, just, you just said the word pianist. <laughs> well, the, I know. That's the word, that's, but it does sound a lot like another word. But it is the correct <laughs> word. <laughs> so, so you got to make sure that you identify what your strength is and play into that. You know, there's a lot of personality uh, profiling tools you can get at the moment as well online, and they actually they fucking work, right? You you test your team and you figure out what you're good at, and then you play into that strength. We also see a lot of people trying to be, you know. Uh, good at everything and they, they're not a master of anything, right? They're a master of none or whatever they say. So what you need to be able to identify is who are you, you know, and what are you good at? And when it comes to building a trade business, we've got the power of, you know, delegating to team members as you grow your business. So it's being aware of what you're good at and what you're not um, and, and really playing into that and making sure you're hiring the right people that, you know, support those skills that you're not so good at. I think as well, like with a lot of our membership base, strategy is very confusing. Like business strategy as a whole is a very sort of confusing dynamic to, to really navigate. But the cornerstone of strategy is identifying what your strengths are and how to amplify your strength and protect or develop a weakness. That, mm. that is what strategy is built off. So strategy starts by looking at yourself first, identifying where are those strengths and maybe where are those weaknesses. And it's great to be able to develop weaknesses over time but you look at like great strategists, they always play to the strengths first and protect the weakness, mm. protect the vulnerability and allow themselves to be successful. And then that affords them the time, the money, the resources to develop the weakness yep. down the track. So if you're starting out and you're like, where do I go? What do I specialize in? Have a real reflection back on yourself. And like, what are those character traits that I bring to the table naturally? And who is that client that wants that the most? Mm. Yeah, it's really interesting reflecting back on, you know, as I scaled response, you know, and we hired our team and we grew the company. And it was interesting to really realize that I'd put tradies in place to do the tradie jobs. And then all of a sudden I'm sitting in the office being an admin person. And that's not what I was good at. I was never trained as an admin person. I never had a job as an admin person. And all of a sudden I'm like, I'm doing eight hours a day every day as an admin person. What am I doing? <laughs> so I hired an admin person and they took over all of that and they actually did it like twice as good. You see it. Because that's their natural strength. Oh my God. Yeah. You like watch them type like, on the keyboard and you're like, oh, I'm like. <laughs> so it's unreal. Like when you actually realize that other people are like, better at certain skills than you are and you can actually hire those skill sets so you don't have to do it. And same with identifying, you've done a lot of personality profiling now, especially within the academy and for our teams internally and externally and you know making sure that you know that and for me a big part of what who i am is creating and presenting and being out there and so i'm, I'm naturally good at sales you know being on camera and being very creative in, around problems so if i hear a problem i instantly can try and figure out what to do with that uh, but what i'm not good at is sitting on a computer data entry, organizing emails, I fucking suck at that, right? I don't want to sit at a computer and check my emails or I don't want to enter work orders into Simpro or anything. And when I realized that, you know, I was like, wow, this whole time I, I didn't have an awareness around that. But when I realized it, then I was able to go, oh, that's why we, we work so well as a team. 
is because we've put the right people in the right places. That's it. Yeah. And that's if going back to that cornerstone of strategy, that's identifying a weakness. Hey, I actually, I suck at admin. So how do I protect myself from being exposed there? Because if I'm in an admin battle, you sucking at admin versus someone who's immensely good at admin, you're going to lose out. Yeah. So how do you protect that? You put a really strong resource in that into that space and focus on what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Get out there and sell. Yeah, 100%. Now, the other thing is, you know, really want to focus on when you're growing your business uh, to be really clear on those skills that you need to hire. And a lot of people don't. They'll hire someone and hope they're good. So testing, making sure you're doing the right testing procedures, making sure you're asking the right questions in the hiring process is going to help you identify when you've got the right person for the right job. Also, like long-time listeners of the podcast would have heard me speak about the appetite for challenge. Yeah, so at different phases of your business, you're going to want to hire different people at different stages. And that's not just skill set, but that's how much energy do I have right now to train someone? Because there's phases in your business where your energy consumption is so high that you don't have an appetite to train a large skill differential. So you need someone with all the skills. And so therefore you might have to you know, wait for that right person to come along. Whereas there'll be other moments in your business cycle where you've got a bit more capacity and you can be like, actually, yeah, I've got the ability right now. I've got the time, I've got the, the resource to be able to train and develop that person into the person I want. So I can afford to take someone a little greener or a little, um, oh, little newer into that space. 100%. <laughs> Just reminds me of all the times we've we needed someone that could just do the job. And let's go back to you know hiring a, a, a tradesperson, and you're just so desperate because you're so busy to hire someone that you go and hire the first person that comes along that's got a great personality. Because if everyone goes, hey, if they've got a great personality, they'll learn, they'll you become can, good. You can teach them. Yeah, you can teach them. It'll be all good, right? But the times when we were like strapped and we really just needed someone we could just put in there and they'll do their job well, you send them to the site, they get the job done, they've done it before, they've spent five, 10 years developing those skills, learning the lessons, understanding the wrong and the right way of doing things versus someone who's just finished their apprenticeship and they worked on a completely different part of your industry and you're like, yeah, but they've got a good attitude, so I'll put them on. I can train them. I'll train them. There's a bit of ego in that as well. Like, oh yeah, I'm a great trainer. They'll be good with me. Like, it doesn't really matter what they've done before. I'll be able to teach them because I'm the best. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm the best of that as well. (laughs) But, but, (laughs) but it's a slippery slope because you you think and you probably can train. You can train someone to be elite, but at this exact moment in business, do you have the capacity? Capacity for your energy yourself to be able to do that, but also it takes time for them to take what you're teaching them and then actually put it into practice. So there's the theory component and the practical component. So it takes time. And yes, you take that person with a good attitude, that in a year's time, they're gonna kill it. They're gonna be your, one of your best tradespersons you got. Provided you can give them the, the care <laughs> and attention that they need. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then there's those people that you can put in and they just, they work from the get go. And then it might be a little bit of attitude training or just mindset training around the way that you do it. And that comes through you know, the systems that you have set up for them and being really clear on the expectations and their role and understanding how to perform like the person that you want them to perform at your company. Brilliant. Yeah. 
So well, that thinks that rounds us out. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. So hope you enjoy that one, everyone. Uh, looking forward to jumping into a new podcast. And if you're enjoying this, make sure you're sharing, leave us a review, and ho hope you have a great day. See you soon. So if you're loving the podcast, please share with your friends, anyone that's thinking about starting a tradie business or got a large tradie business. We help everyone from startup all the way up to million dollar plus months. We'd love to help you too. And lastly, it would mean a lot if you could leave a review on the player that you're listening to this on. It helps us get it out there and help more tradies in business perform better and create better lives for themselves. So let's get into this episode. Hope you enjoy it. Talk to you soon.